we ended up creating a brand that gained traction. And shortly thereafter, we would see the fruits of that labor as we installed our first sports grass field in Lubbock, Texas. So why would two guys leave comfortable jobs, move across the country and start a business in an industry they don't know, a place they don't know, and could it be successful? We're Dale and Brian Carmi. Join us as we share our story and inspire you to become people of impact. Welcome to the Impact Without Limits podcast. Whose birthday is it today? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Impact Without Limits podcast. I am Brian Carmi here with my big brother, Dale. So whose birthday is it, Dale? Well, if today is October 16th. And it is. It's Grandma Carmi or Mom's birthday. Yes. We love you, Mom. Um, Amazing lady who, man, we put her through a lot. Yeah, As kids growing up. We did. And um, she... Past ways, goodness, two and a half years. Yeah. She now. was uh she was a saint and you know, really was formative for us. And without her, we certainly wouldn't be the men we are today. At yeah. least the good part. The bad part might have come anyway. But thank you, Mom. Well, we missed We left you. the bad part behind. Yes, we did. All right. So getting back into the episode, we we just wrapped up uh last week talking about the Isleta project. And uh I'm just gonna go out and say it. We're going to get a little bit out of sequence here. <laughs> there we I go. I know this one is concerning to Dale. There we go. This was but tough. that is Letta Field kind of led into something. And, and really what we saw, we had done Parkchester, we had done Isleta, and something was starting to, to come out of that. We had started in this industry focused on where other people weren't. So other people are selling sports fields. We're focused on landscape. Yeah. I mean... If we get back to the beginning of the story, what got us involved in artificial turf? It was a sports it was, field. Yeah, it was Mount Union. It was Mount Union College was installing uh, an artificial turf field. We weren't really excited about the field from the standpoint of the field. We were excited about Mount Union having a lot of success and turning the success into this new field. But out of that, you started digging around and you found the idea of artificial turf. So we kind of started. Found the idea of artificial turf being for, used in homes. For landscape. landscape. That's right. So we kind of started with a field, but we had the idea of doing the other part of the market, non-fields. Non, right. Non-golf greens, non-fields. Let's slice that pie out. So that's where we've been for the last four years. Yeah. We broke it a little bit in 2005. We went and sold that Park Chester field. We talked about that. And um, well, when we did the, the four baseball fields uh, that right. we installed for AstroTurf, but we didn't really sell those, so I don't, don't necessarily but, but count that. But at this point, so the, the, one of the unique things about Foreverline is every time we would enter a new market, we would create a brand, right? So we had created a product for dogs. We created a brand called... Canine Grass. Then we created a fall-safe playground for kids, and that became... Playground grass. So here we are. We're starting to install sports fields, but we really, at this point, didn't have much of a brand behind it. Nope. We had no brand And so it. we talked about this being mom's birthday. This, is, this episode is kind of the birth of sports grass. Yes. It is us realizing that if we're going to target this market, and one of the things that really set us off, I think, was realizing we were putting better technology 
in people's backyards and pet facilities and these two, you know, they, they weren't professional fields. They were kind of community fields or, or this one was at a elementary school. Well, they were professional, Brian, when we played on them because <laughs> yes. we play at a higher level. And everything we do is professional yes. grade. We realized that these fields were really as good or better or were, they weren't as good. They were far better. Yes. Then fields we're watching games on on Saturday yeah, and Sunday. So, so a couple things going on here. I want to come back to what you were saying um, on the brands because I want to dive into this a little bit because this was unique, certainly in the artificial turf industry, the idea of creating brands. Because up to this point, that's right. You really had sports fields. Mm-hmm. You had golf greens, and then you had what was called the I think they called it the non recreational or or the non sports. Market. It was just it. And, yeah. and you just sold turf. And, and really, most of the turf being sold in the non sports field market was just sports fields. Sports fields. That's that uh, were left over, didn't run right, or you ran it a little bit shorter and you just put it out there. And so somebody would sell a product and you, you put a label on it. And this is, uh, this is for, for your landscape. And then there really wasn't, I guess, there weren't other labels yet to really be put on it. You just, you sold that product. So we started looking at this and we talked about canine grass in a previous episode, but we had this idea of building that brand that you could build a market around because we were creating a product that was unique for that brand. And then playground grass, same thing, building a unique product. So we don't just sell a product, we build a brand so it could be marketable, marketable, it could be recognizable. And so now we're coming to a brand that's already established, sports fields. A market that's already established. A market established. that's already Correct. established. And we're saying, hey, we, we've still got to create our own brand, right? Our own yep. pillar to, to be the foray into that market. And... Like you said, we're sticking with the theme here. We called it sports grass, which seemed to make sense for us. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there's marketing material that goes with it, right? You've got to create a brand. You've got to create a logo. <laughs> yes. You've got to create a look and feel. And so we did a professional photo shoot. We had to. It was important to us to get high grade. So what we wanted images. to do is we wanted to get uh, like on field shots, athlete, football, action. Yeah. This is what's going on, snapping the ball, crossing the goal line. So we go out and we have this photo shoot on a field and we produced the material that became um the pictures and the images I think to put on the website, but for that first for the brochure. brochure. I I can remember that first brochure with that black glove, that hand model yep. that we hired had the football on the turf <laughs> with the line. And And Brian, people were wondering, where did you get the money to hire a hand model? Let alone an incredibly built athletic hand yeah. model. And the photographer, because the, <laughs> the photographer, photographer was critical. And if those of you who haven't uh, picked up, our tongues are firmly planted in our cheeks at this point. We we didn't have the money, so we did a photo shoot out behind our warehouse. Yeah, not only do we not have the money, we didn't have the athlete, we didn't have the cameraman, <laughs> we didn't have the field. No. I don't know why we didn't film it down at Isleta, do you Well, know? because it didn't have lines on it. We Letta wanted, didn't have lines. Yeah. His letter was all green. So we had a few. So uh, we didn't even have the perimeter line on his letter. No, it was, it all, was green. all green. Ah. So we had a few scraps of grass from Park Chester. And you got to look. 
We're doing a a football shoot. We're doing a shoot. It's going to be football. It's going to be football. Or sports right. fields. So we needed the white line. So we had some scraps, and um, you know, I, I had kind of evolved. The, the, I, I'd come out as as the better <laughs> photographer. Let's just face it. I was the photographer of choice. For You're this in a class shoot. by yourself, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm snapping pictures and obviously the model, the athlete of the girl, only one of us had played college football. That was you. Yep. So you got the, didn't play it well, but I did play it. <laughs> and your hands, when you put those black gloves on your hands, powerful. they looked so good. Powerful so, stuff. So we'll actually, um, I, I think we'll put some uh, photos either out on Instagram I, or I'm telling you, link you, in the notes. Guys, if you're listening to this, you have to see the photos because <laughs> literally, can we talk about it? Yeah. Ruining the surprise here. It's kind of like you're opening a present. You already know what you're going to see. We literally had like three pieces of grass, like scrap pieces. The largest one was probably four by six, four feet by six foot. It had a diagonal line running through it. I don't know why the line was diagonal. <laughs> well, obviously we cut it out. The of, line is straight. Our, it was a diagonal cut. Yeah. According to the, yes. to the rectangle of the grass. And the white line was probably three feet long, mm-hmm. maybe four feet long. And that's all we had for the photo shoot. So we are in the parking lot behind 5600 McLeod, our office. The San Mateo Commercial Plaza. I was that hand model. I was that strapping athlete that was being the football player. And Brian was the Hollywood acclaimed um, cameraman, studio producer of this photo shoot. I just remember in the moment taking these pictures, and I started laughing so hard because... And you'll see it in the pictures because, again, we'll we'll post these. But there's these pictures. It looks like an athlete, like, stretching the ball for a touchdown, <laughs> right? Just trying to get over. As much as a hand, gloved hand can you, look yeah. like an athlete. <laughs> but then I zoom out, and you see Dale Lang there in this awkward position in jeans and a T-shirt, clearly not in an athletic form, just <laughs> holding the ball up. Thanks for that. <laughs> commentary no. there. I'm just, I wasn't saying you weren't, not, not your body wasn't in athletic form. I meant the position you were in that, in that moment was, it was not, but it worked. It did. Like so, we, we ended up creating a brand that gained traction. And shortly thereafter, um, we would see the fruits of that labor as we installed our first sports grass field in Lubbock, Texas, foreshadowing. Brian, it was a neat process. It's always exciting creating a new brand. Yeah. I think this was maybe even a little bit more exciting for us because when we started, we always had that desire to get into sports fields. It's not where we wanted to be. We saw our market opportunity in the non-sports field market. But remember, for a year and a half, we'd beat on the door at AstroTurf saying, let us let us install a field, let us get involved, let us help, let us get involved in some way. So that was something we were passionate about. And like, like you said, we, we believed in, we were putting out a product that was better than, than probably most of the sports fields. Maybe, maybe yeah. not all, but certainly a lot of them that were being installed at that time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you talked about it a little bit, but we, we really were pioneers and, and I'm not trying to toot our own horn here, but this idea of, of creating vertical markets, that's what we've called them, right? They're market segments. And then not just creating a product for them, which was important, but we created a brand that spoke to the customers in that market. So you talked about canine grass. It wasn't just creating the product canine grass that was important. It was creating a brand 
that spoke to the pet owners. It was it was fun. It was lively. It had this this pet feel to it. This dog owner feel. Uh, playground grass was fun and playful and colorful. And it, you know, we we created brands that spoke to the audience or the customer base that we were trying to reach. And with sports fields, we we needed a highly tuned athlete. I was speaking right to the professionals <laughs> on that one. Tom Brady, the NFL look players were looking me in the like, eye saying, that's wow, my peer. I want to be like that. <laughs> Can we flash forward a little bit? Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you've told me before, it's our show. We can do what we, we can want. We can do what we want. I'm not going to look at Bethany because no. she's probably giving no. me He's probably giving you the cross right eyes now. or something. I feel so, that cane around your neck. <laughs> so, yeah. What started as that little experiment and the behind. 5600 McLeod turned into, we already foreshadowed a field at the beginning of 2007. And if we travel through time, over the years, we would put a field in here, a field in there. Um, 2018, 2019, 2019 we, we really kind of said, it, but it was yeah. 2018, 2018. We started saying, let's, let's focus on this. As so, excited. So that's 12 years. Yeah. Right. 12 years after we do this photo shoot and set the brand on fire with this marketing <laughs> material, um, we, we, we say we've really got to well, dive well, into Let's this. dive into this a little bit, Brian. Yeah. I think we have time. Why didn't we take off in the sports field market when, when we said we're going to create a brand, we're going to move into this market, and we thought we were going to move in and, and pretty quickly take over the market? Why didn't we? Well, I think we had the incorrect assumption that just having a better product People would naturally see that, be wowed by it, and jump to it. Yes. And and instead, what we found was the sports field market was really driven by price. It was driven by reputation, projects you've done, and how cheaply or how inexpensively can you do it. Yeah. It 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 was a market that was commoditized. That's a much better and way of saying it. That was not something we were used to because we had started in the early days of the landscape market and we just came right out of the gate and said, we're not going to be a commodity. We're going to be nope. unique. We're going to be special. We're going to be different. And people would pay for that. And we thought that would translate over while we were in a market coming into the sports field market that was already established, long established, a couple mm -hmm. decades under its belt, maybe only handful of years with this new generation of turf, but the industry in general and it was commoditized. And it was, look, if you if a product gets over this minimum bar, anything right. over this minimum yep. bar is acceptable, and we're just going to take the cheapest thing over that bar. And like you said, maybe it's spec for a certain brand or a certain manufacturer based on history, based on relationship, what have you. But in general, we came in and we were much higher priced. And you try to explain the value and people see the value. And yeah, that's great. But then... When it came time to put in the bid, they would compare your numbers to everybody else's and we got bounced out because we were higher. Well, yeah, there's an economy of scale that goes there too, right? When you're doing a, a, a smaller project, you know, a, a backyard that's a thousand square feet and you're, you know, 20% higher, maybe you're a, 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 I don't know, a dollar a square foot, two dollars a square foot more, that's $2,000. Not a big deal. When it's a hundred thousand square feet, right? And that's $200,000? That, yeah. That's a huge difference in the price tag. And so people are looking at it saying, I, I can't justify that much more money for that. For a commodity product. Right. It's, it's both, right? It's, it's both things. It's justifying a higher price, but trying to justify it when you don't see the difference in the product. Right. 
Well, so, there, there was a difference in the product. Yes, but Clearly. the customers weren't looking for it. Correct. And so you also had people in the industry that would, yeah, I mean, they, they were claiming things about their product being superior, even though we knew, you know, the amount of yes. money, research, effort that went into our products was was far exceeded. We also that. had people in the industry saying green is green. Yeah. Right? People we in the did. industry trying to commoditize the product. Yep. So they could sell on price. So all these things play out. So over the next decade, we we do a smattering of fields. We do a field here in a year, maybe none the next year, maybe two fields the next year, then maybe none. And, and the fields we sold were private money, people who we could get and talk to and understand the value of the product we were selling, the offerings we had. So this was this was a new challenge for us trying to sell a better product, sell a better system. And that's when in 2018 we said we need to refocus. We need to take a look at what we were bringing to the market and how we do it. Yeah, we, we had to learn how do you take a premium product into a commoditized market? Yes. And, and we had to... To redefine that. And that's, that's honestly, that's where we came up with the, or you came up with the idea of the infill based system, the product based system, and the yep. difference between we are selling two different products. And we had to create products that competed on the more commodity side to show the difference. Yeah. So 2019, 2020, 2021, we're, we're, we're starting to do more. We're doing multiple fields in a year, year to year. So we had kind of transformed, transformed our business a little bit. But then something big happened in, was it 2022? Yeah. Fall of 21, fall or 22. What? Yeah, it was uh, our, our partnership with the Hall of Fame Village. Yeah, the, so the Pro Football Hall of Fame had been an, a place that we had come as kids and we had you know always looked at and were intrigued by and watched football games there. But we had an opportunity to partner with the village to bring Foreverlawn to totally redeveloping the area. So there was a sports complex where they had a bunch of fields. We put in three fields there. We did a dome field and it led to this year. We put in Tom Benson stadium and had the first NFL game played on a uh, first NFL game of this season. And the first NFL game that played was a neat moment. on forever one sports grass or sports grass by forever. And shortly after that, we teamed up with Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns. Yeah, we became the the official synthetic turf partner of the Cleveland Browns. Um, we entered into a multi year deal where we're going to be installing turf. We have installed turf at their practice facility. We actually installed turf at the stadium, we although did. they play on natural grass. Outside it's installed the, the apron around the edge right. of the grass. We installed a local high school, uh, Berea Mid Park, that was sponsored or, or supported Partner by the Browns. Browns. Um, so, guys, that that's this, and, and we don't have to dive too deep into this but this is that flyover from installing a field at Isleta that came from John Seaver carrying a sample that got seen by an architect that was at the very first presentation we did to the architects where we got laughed at back in 2003 but my goodness the thin threads that if I mean you don't know what else happens but you could Potentially say, if we don't do that presentation in 2003, January 2003, spend the money we have, we don't have, to buy lunch, to buy lunch for, for people, people that were making fun of us, we didn't get to eat, 
we might never be in the position we are with having a football field at the um, Pro Football Hall of Fame and a partnership and association with the Browns. Yeah, and you, the, I think the point is, as we start to look at, you know, what was the, the takeaway? The takeaway is, you know, sometimes the the most successful journeys start with the smallest steps, right? And and we didn't know that when we were doing that photo shoot that the sports grass brand would one day be associated with the Cleveland Browns. But if we hadn't gone through that photo shoot and developed the brand and started targeting sports fields specifically, you know, you, you don't know where that goes. Do you think we could get a picture of me laying on that grass in the parking lot and put it up at Brown stadium somewhere? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we certainly could. I don't know that (laughs) that's going to be a good use of the uh, partnership and that's going to generate the the business. I mean, how cool is that? I had an opportunity to go to the Brown stadium and watch a game a few weeks ago and to be there and look up and see forever on the scoreboard or sports grass coming across the, uh, I don't know what that yeah, strip that, that is ring, they call that, the ring. That, that video but, ring. Um, and all of that spun out of us and Albuquerque, you know, wh- whatever that was. Uh, 17, 17 years 17 ago. years? Yep. Doing this. Wow. 17 years is a long time. It is. But we didn't. And, and when we first started, it didn't hit right away. We didn't get the reception that we expected. But that didn't mean that we just gave up yeah, on it. I, and, and this is one that truly didn't hit for more than a decade. And that was very was different. Like 12 to 13 years. Canine grass? I mean, right almost away. instantly. Instant. Boom. It was on grass, fire. Instant. Playground grass? Boom. We just had this instant re- reception from the marketplace of, wow, you guys have something cutting edge. It's great. We love it. We didn't get that reception in sports grass. Um, the people that used the product loved it. Absolutely. But the general marketplace, there was First field we put in the ground. Still in the ground today? I Still in the ground today. When I know we saw it in person like three years ago, but we went out and did the uh, the Google Maps. Yeah. And it was a pretty recent photo, I think as recent as earlier this year, and it's still in the ground. That's amazing. So quality, integrity, right? We, we say sometimes say with integrity, people of integrity expect to be believed, and when they're not, they let time prove them right. And here we were with Sportsgrass, right? We looked at it and said, we know this is a better quality product. We know it's innovative. And the integrity was, we're just going to put it out there. And it doesn't mean you don't push it. You, I mean, we did do things to move that brand forward. But some of it was we had to give some time for, for it to get picked up. And yeah, and, and you said the word, but let's throw it out there. The innovation, because we built a product that was different than what was being used in the sports field market. Yeah. Uh, different packing, different blade structure, different level of infill. And that's why we named the system, product-based system, the infill-based systems to, to identify the difference. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a different approach for us on this episode as we journeyed through time, but um, I, it, it was neat. And, it, you know, it all came out of that is let install. I'm a little motion sick from how quickly we <laughs> sped through time there, but I'll get, get back on track before next week. But it, it was neat. So hopefully... Um, you guys get a chance to see those uh, pictures. They're, they're a lot of fun. And I'm sure we have the original brochure somewhere too. We have to find that to show. Like, yeah, I was going to say, we should put that out there because like. the photo shoots are good. But when you see it put together on the brochure, that, that was it was impressive. It was a pretty good start. We had one other model. We can go ahead and give him yeah, a shout out. Derek. Derek. Number, who's number 81? Young DJ Carmi. <laughs> we, had, we had an eighth football. grade youth football photo on natural grass that we used and kind of doctored up to put on our our um, artificial turf sports grass brochure 
So wherever you are, if you're if you're in a spot that maybe you're taking some uh, some steps out into a new market, you're trying something new, and maybe you don't get the initial reception you expected. That doesn't mean that those aren't going to lead anywhere. Sometimes you you just need to stick with it. You need to continue moving forward, and um, you know give time a chance to prove you right. All right, hey, one more time, shout out, happy birthday, Grandma Carmi. We love and miss you. And uh, guys, let's go out this week and be people of impact. God bless. This is the Fred Carmi reminding you that faith looks up, hope looks ahead, and love looks all around to see whom it can help. Good day.